bulky old Chateau de Saint-Malo, and row after row of seaside mansions studded with chimneys. A slender wooden jetty arcs out from a beach called the Plage de Molle. A delicate, reticulated atrium vaults over the seafood market. Minute benches, the smallest no larger than apple seeds, dot the tiny public squares. Marie-Laure runs her fingertips along the centimetre-wide parapet, crowning the ramparts, drawing an uneven star shape around the entire model. She finds the opening atop the walls, where four ceremonial cannons point to sea. Bastion de la Hollande, she whispers, and her fingers walk down a little staircase. Rue des Caudières, Rue Jacques Cartier. In a corner of the room stand two galvanised buckets filled to the rim with water. Fill them up, her great-uncle has taught her, whenever you can. The bathtub on the third floor, too. Who knows when the water will go out again? Her fingers travel back to the cathedral spire, south to the gate of Dinan. All evening she's been marching her fingers around the model, waiting for her great-uncle Etienne, who owns this house who went out the previous night while she slept, and who has not returned. And now it is night again, another revolution of the clock, and the whole block is quiet, and she cannot sleep. She can hear the bombers when they're three miles away, a mounting static, the hum inside a seashell. When she opens the bedroom window, the noise of the airplanes becomes louder, Otherwise, the night is dreadfully silent. No engines, no voices, no clatter. No sirens, no footfalls on the cobbles. Not even gulls. Just a high tide, one block away and six storeys below, lapping at the base of the city walls. And something else. Something rattling softly, very close. She eases open the left-hand shutter and runs her fingers up the slats of the right. A sheet of paper is lodged there. She holds it to her nose. It smells of fresh ink. Gasoline, maybe. The paper is crisp. It's not been outside long. Marie-Law hesitates at the window in her stocking feet, her bedroom behind her. Seashells arranged along the top of the armoire, pebbles along the baseboards. Her cane stands in the corner. Her big braille novel waits face down on the bed. The drone of the airplanes grows. The Boy Five streets to the north... A white-haired, 18-year-old German private named Werner Fennig wakes to a faint staccato hum, little more than a purr, flies tapping at a far-off windowpane. Where is he? The sweet, slightly chemical scent of gun oil, the raw wood of newly constructed shell crates, the mothballed odour of old bedspreads. He's in the hotel, of course, l'Hôtel des Abeilles, the Hotel of Bees. Still night, still early. 
From the direction of the sea come whistles and booms. Flak is going up. An anti-air corporal hurries down the corridor heading for the stairwell. Get to the cellar, he calls over his shoulder. And Werner switches on his field light, rolls his blanket into his duffel and starts down the hall. Not so long ago, the Hotel of Bees was a cheerful address, with bright blue shutters on its facade and oysters on ice in its cafe, and Breton waiters in bow ties polishing glasses behind its bar. It offered twenty-one guest rooms, commanding sea views, and a lobby fireplace as big as a truck. Parisians on weekend holidays would drink aperitifs here, and before them the occasional emissary from the Republic, ministers and vice-ministers and abbots and admirals, and in the centuries before them, wind-burned corsairs, killers, plunderers, raiders, seamen. Before that,